On this episode, Zion joins the Brotherhood, Billy Preston turns pro, the Big Ten stinks, you can't spell unranked without UK, and we are joined by Siena men's basketball assistant coach Abe Woldeslassie. Ian, hit me. Give me the green light, give me just one night, I'm ready to go right now, I'm ready to go right now. Welcome, everybody, to episode 13, I said that weird, of the Green Light Podcast. Welcome back. It's good to be here, live from Long Island City. If you haven't figured it out, Ian and I rotate apartments to record. And the uh, and, and, uh, and crossover and HQ, crossover. so we'll, we'll mix it up. We, we get three of the five boroughs uh, um, we put our stamp on. Um, I'm going to get right to it, man. I've had a hell of a couple days. The Patriots are in the Super Bowl. What else is new? Well, and you're a Duke. Duke Lynn's Zion Williamson. What else is new? Well, you're like a Duke and Patriots and like Yankees fan. Like life's nah, good a lot Yanks. of the time, but like uh, I'll give it's, you. It's not a bad life. I, it's I not did, a bad life. So you're the second point. I did not see came completely out of left field. But Zion Williamson is Zion uh, part of the brotherhood. Joins the brotherhood. Uh, Coach K is on another level. He turned seventy and decided to turn it on. I guess I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, but that new hip history. Or new yeah. Well, it's everything. He's got two new hips, two new knees. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that is it. Bionic he's a robot. K. Yeah. He's a robot. Um, but seriously, in all seriousness, uh, I don't. I, people aren't shocked by any means that Duke no. got him. But it was uh-uh. somewhat of a surprise that Clemson didn't get him. I guess that was kind of like. The leader somehow, some way. I don't know if that's just kind of a narrative that people. I mean, I know Adam Finkelstein said he he thought he was going to go to Clemson, but I'm not shocked. I think everyone, and I don't know, I don't know half the guys are that that do the crystal ball predictions and whatever, and how, if they're credible or whatnot. I think everyone puts way too much stake into uh, 247sports.com because they do all the crystal ball predictions, and it's like it's said going in 89% chance that he chooses Clemson. And basically what they do is they just aggregate all these sports writers' um, predictions. But half those sports writers, I feel like, are just basically doing it to like – who knows if they're connected? Who knows if they've yeah. done their research? Like really in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it means much. But a lot of people, I think everyone at Clemson is like, oh – 89% chance, that means that's like an 80% that we're getting it. At the end of the day, the only person that really knows is uh, is him. And Zion uh, kind of surprised a lot of people on that one, including myself. Yeah, we've talked about this so many times. But people, fans, alumni, everyone puts too much stock into where the kid's from. Yeah. You know, and, and oh, he's, he's going to stay home and he's gonna he's a South Carolina kid and blah, blah, blah. Listen, none of that matters, man. And it, it actually works against your favor because a lot of the times kids don't want to stay home. They want to get out of where they're from. They want to yeah. go play elsewhere. Uh, and it's hard to argue when your final list is like Duke, Kentucky, UNC, UNC. Like it's Clemson, hard. South yeah, Carolina. like South Carolina. Like it's hard. Like shout out to South Carolina too that they literally like they ended the South Carolina broadcast of that game and went right where they lost. They like took an L oh. in the last two minutes. And cut right into Zion's decision where he was already speaking up on the stage. And then it's like, ah, no, I'm going to Duke. Yeah, and just so people are aware, like, I I, I can't speak for every single announcement. But I would say for most of them, 9 out of 10, no one knows. Like, a lot of people think, like, oh, the Duke guys know. 
or whoever, you know, wherever the kid is committing, they may know. A lot of the times they do not. Like, I don't know if everyone remembers, um, Harrison Barnes Skyped. Yeah. And this was kind of, this was what, 2012? Maybe no, even 2011. 2011. The, yeah, because he was on the 2012 team as a sophomore. Yeah, so and so like nobody knew. And he, the way he did it is that he called, he, he told all the schools, I'm going to Skype the, the school that I choose. And he Skyped Roy Williams. Like, and everyone else just didn't get the Skype, and then they watched it on television. So, like, I know a lot of people think, oh, damn, the Duke, Duke must have known a couple of days before. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it is kind of crazy to, like, like you. this is kind of going back to your point. Like, South Carolina took an L and then got back in the locker room and found out they lost Zion. Like, damn. Yeah. Brutal. That's tough. And and I kind of, I didn't even, it was on a Twitter argument, but uh, I saw <laughs> someone mention the other day, it was like, um, they said, uh, Roy Williams hasn't gotten like a top guy since like a big time, big time recruit like this since Harrison Barnes. Like is Roy falling off or anything like that? And I swear, I was like, well, Nasir Little they have coming in. He's a big time guy, but um, they really North Carolina hasn't gotten the big time guys like Duke has. Like if you look every single year, it's every it's Duke, 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 Duke for all these top guys. Carolina hasn't. But Carolina won a national championship last year. So, like, it's not like everyone thinks that, I mean, Duke is in the spotlight because they get these top kids. It Can't, almost, like, it almost. Carolina's I, right there, too. They won yeah, a national they're title. Right they're like there, a few too. months still removed. They're not and even a year removed from a national title. Exactly. It, it, they're just numbers, man. They're just where people put these kids' names. It's a big deal, but it isn't. You know, you still got to go out and win. And, and for what Duke's about to lose this year, they're going to need probably even more firepower. Nope. So it, it is what it is. Now, but, our boy Coach Cal, though. Perfect. <laughs> He's all perfect. Coach Cal had some words about it. Uh, I. <laughs> I feel like we should quote Lil Wayne, like, you're looking a little salty. Have yourself a chill coffee, my man. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, listen, he's beating you at your own game, so don't get mad at him for the game you created and then he figured it out. Like, and that's not even, I don't even care. Like, he, I think the problem I have is with it is that he's, like, mad at him for beating him at his game and then saying that it doesn't matter, but it matters and we can't get everybody and whatever. Just, like, don't comment. Just yeah. be like, yeah, we lost a good kid. Like, Duke's a good school. Uh, about my congrats. guys, about my guys. I'm worried about my guys and who yeah. wants to be a part of Kentucky program. Like, so then why are you talking about you. Zion Williams? Keep He's not you. your guy. Yeah, he wasn't your guy. He chose to go to Duke. He's like, hey, we wish him the best. Like, have you I ever won. heard Coach K say anything about a recruit ever no. that went or didn't? Never, never in a press conference. Nothing. He will, he will teach him some lessons in the handshake line, though. He'll oh. give him some words of wisdom after that. Uh, listen, after the game. listen. That's why people <laughs> like me. You're better than that. You're uh, better than that. As brutal. I pat you that's on the, the chest, like Dylan coach, Brooks. You're coach, better than that. Coach, why? Why, but no, why true, are you though. doing that? It's but hard to defend. But it's but it's true though. I can't defend it. He doesn't. Like he's not outspoken and like. He doesn't do that. But I think it's part of Cal's shtick. He's yeah. all like I said to you, like he brought up the value of the all the Kentucky guys in the NBA right now is over a billion dollars. Yeah. Like that's something he'll subtly not so subtly drop. And it's he's always recruiting. Yeah. It's like everyone's yeah, everyone's in sales. Always be closing. This dude is always recruiting. He's always ABR. Always be recruiting. Um, speaking of recruiting, kind of, maybe, sort of, who knows, but uh, Billy Preston yeah. turns pro. Um, the Kansas player who never the played. Weirdest, weirdest story. Yeah, so. Like, a, what, he hit a fire hydrant? I, mean, <clears throat> I, I don't remember exactly. I, I think he hit a fire. He was involved in a car wreck that had, um, like, bef- right before the season. Um, he went to, went to Oak Hill. He was, like, a top, shoot, um, I don't even know what his uh, – 
his recruit where he was recruiting. He was like five star. He was a five star kid, and he was supposed to make a difference for Kansas. Um, but he got in a car wreck, and then. Um, was held out because as KU looked into in quotes the financial picture yeah. regarding his vehicle after a one car accident on campus. Um, so <laughs> what an amazing story. I think basically the reason is everyone's like, oh, how did he get this car? Uh, I, mean, I don't know what he was driving. If it was a Benz, if it was a, who knows what. Mm-hmm. Um, but they held him out and. Uh, Bill Self had been weird about it the whole way. He mm-hmm. kind of like didn't want to say, "Hey, we're doing all we can to get him to play." Like he wants to play him, but like the compliance didn't want to play him. It was a lot of back and forth, and Bill Self was very, very picky with his words and very, very uh, cautious with what he said. All of a sudden, um, Billy Preston is like, "You know what? I'm done with this. I'm going to go play in Bosnia." I took a page out of uh, out of Lavar Ball's book. So. Bad for can I mean it can't you can't argue that it's good for Kansas. Um, a lot of people on Twitter are randomly trying to make some sort of a case for that. I don't. I'm not really here to talk about what it is or what it isn't for Kansas. It hurts them. He would have been a really good player. I'm not even here to shit on the NCAA because it's boring at this point. We we it's yes they made a bad decision. Yes they did. I mean what are we supposed to say? They they they, they do what they do. Where they should be worried is if this catches on, uh, and if it catches on quicker. And if college recruits who are even sniffing mm-hmm. some sort of NCAA issue jet, now that's that's going to be a problem. Um, the NCAA is not a progressive organization at all. They're not forward thinking. They're not thinking about their actual uh, players um, or their student athletes as they are required to call them in the press conferences during the NCAA tournament. If they had any sort of leadership or anyone was actually thinking about this, they would attempt to get out ahead of it. Yeah. I don't know why I'm wasting my breath. I know I am. I know you guys are probably sick of listening to it. They won't change uh, until they're forced to and it's too late and people are choosing overseas or anything else besides college. And these overseas teams are going to be more prepared for it as well. I mean, yep. it's they're going to be like obviously I know the Lithuanian team that took in the balls it was kind of like a split decision. It was it was something that quick and came up out of nowhere, but these teams if they realize that this talent's there and that they're willing to come over and it's going to sell tickets and it's going to make them a better team and help them chase a championship, they're going to be more prepared to take these guys and probably actively maybe recruit these guys. So then you have a whole nother beast on on their hands. So um, at least, I mean, at least for Billy Preston, he's getting to play basketball. And hopefully, I, I don't know if his plan is to just finish out this year and playing in Europe and then try and go to the league. But um, it's uh, it's part of the system is the way it is built now. And it has led to, it's led to this. It's so, led to where uh, we are. Interesting. Best, interesting. Of, best of luck in Bosnia. That's yeah. going to be an interesting culture shock from, uh, is it Lawrence, Kansas? Yeah, right? Yeah. Lawrence, Kansas? I mean, he, he, did, uh, he did go to Oak Hill, which is in Mouth of Wilson, Virginia. <laughs> Mouth so, of Wilson to Lawrence to know, Bosnia. Uh, you, what an yeah, amazing sure. town name. Yeah. Um, so. All right, next thing we got to talk about, the big 10 stinks. So I got a chance to see Minnesota play Ohio State this past weekend. Shout out to uh, Billy O for the tickets. Um, Minnesota is struggling, man. They they did not look good. 
they went about nine minutes in the second half without a bucket. Uh, me and my so friends, tough. me and my friends, all made all made the mistake of betting the over. So oh, I'm, da- I'm no. down. Fi- I know, I know. Oh, no. Listen, I, there, there's. I don't want to get into it. It started the line. It started at 149. It got all the way down to 144. Amir Coffee was playing. We took the over. Life's too short to bet the under. Anyway, we God, lost. I'm, I'm down 50. Um, but. Minnesota's struggling. They're, they they're, are, in a, they're in a very, very They've tough place right now. Five of their last six. They're three and six in the conference. Um, they get Northwestern at home, and they got to go on the road to Iowa and Michigan. Um, Has anyone in one season gone from cool throne to hot? Oh, I'm sorry, hot seat to no, cool throne they were to cool back throne to the hot seat. First. They went. They were back and forth. They started out seven and zero. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying low, from last oh, yeah. year, from last right? Year, last year, year yes, coming yes, in, yes, they yes, were yes. a little. It was like, is this what's going to happen? Then they crushed it. They went what seven and zero. They started out seven and zero. They lost Miami, but then um, they were fine. And when we talked to Billy on the pod, I mean, they were obviously they had taken a couple uh, couple losses they weren't expecting. But um, like, I still had so many high hopes for this team, yeah. and I still think they have they have pieces, which doesn't make sense to me that it just. Can't put it together. Someone at work today came up to me and was like, yo, what's going on with Minnesota? He's like, I know they lost Reggie Lynch, but, like, shouldn't they be better than this? It's like, yeah. yeah they just cannot score the basketball. I mean, it and was I really, wild. really want this team to be good. I really like this team. I think Jordan Murphy's incredible. He's so um, good, but he, he struggles mightily, Nate, too. Yeah, yeah I mean, Everyone it was... knows what Nate Mason can do. Like, these guys, like, it shouldn't all – like, Reggie Lynch shouldn't be, like – the linchpin. Bit, yeah, he's not no, literally the like. That's the worst pun I could put together. But he shouldn't be a linchpin for this team to make him fully collapse. No. Um, and that, and I think part of it too. You look at it. The Big Ten's looking like a four bid league right now. Uh, I think it's. I don't know if anyone saw Ohio State though on the other side. So, of the so that's the other side. Eight no in the conference. Even though the Fighting Holtmans are crushing it, like they're not good. Like I, I know, I know, I know. People may, I don't know. Like I like Kata Bates the op, and I yes, like Caleb. Wesson. I like him too. Kit, listen, Caleb Wesson. He, he, there's no bigger podcast fan in the world than him. <laughs> I'm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we, I got obvious ties to them, but it, they're they're just not like that. The game itself was bad, slow, ugly. It just was not good. I know that Ohio State is is doing really well right now, but I think that's it, it's more to my point that like it's. Not a good year for the Big Ten at all. No. Um, besides Purdue and Michigan State, I don't see any team really making noise in the tournament. Um, but Ohio State does have a chance to finish an unbelievable year with their schedule that they got left. So we we called this out, I think maybe two episodes ago yeah. or so, um, that if they got through a couple of these road wins, that their schedule lined up perfectly. They have four games in a row at home. and They go Nebraska, Penn State, Indiana, and Illinois. And the ranking of those teams on Ken Palmer, 67th, 63rd, 97th, and 105th. Now, to me, that's about as good as you can ask for to be in the Big Ten. They follow that up with a road trip February 7th at Purdue, which mm-hmm. is where obviously yeah. rubber will meet the road and you'll be actually be tested there. And they end up – they still have to play Michigan again. Um, they don't have to play Michigan State again. So, like, it lines up right now. I mean, they and Purdue are the – Purdue and uh, – and, Excuse me, Ohio State are both undefeated uh, in the conference, so it's um, it's going to be really interesting to see down the stretch. But teams continuing to develop. I, I obviously I'm not a huge believer, not sold on them, but you can't knock a team for being undefeated eight and zero in the conference, um, and probably going to be twelve and zero. So that's Ohio State. That's the Big Ten, and uh, and also the weirdest thing too. We we mentioned this, or Mark Titus mentioned this the other day. Once again, the Big Ten schedule with moving everything back a week just to play at Madison Square Garden 
is screwing everything up because you look at I'm gonna pull up Michigan's schedule. Um, they played uh, January 13th, 15th, 18th, 21st, 25th. They're packing so many games into a short period of time that I think. I mean, obviously, the, I don't think that's making the difference in how many tournament teams they're getting. I think these teams are going to get worn down by the end of the year. There's not a ton of off days. They're bumping it back, and then they're going to have a full off week before the NCAA tournament. Like a week and a half. Like the Big Ten being in New York is is one of the dumbest things. So if you make it to the I, Big it Ten, it makes cha- no sense. If you make it to it the Big no Ten sense. championship, you're playing on Saturday. You're waiting a week, and then you're waiting another three or four days until you play again. It, Obviously, it, it's a long way down the road, but I'm just not. I'm not feeling the Big Ten this year. Yeah, um, it's. It, it, I, I've never. I've never understood that one. Um, ooh, this is my favorite segment of this episode. You can't spell unranked without UK. Kentucky falls out of the top twenty-five for the first time in four years since two thousand fourteen. Uh, I'm happy. Um, you know, kind of. I'm just happy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we we said it like it. there. I've I haven't seen a team with like more ups and downs or not ups they, and downs where it's like so, I think they they like, the product of being young and super talented, but it's like they are. I think they're gonna be really good, and then they lose a couple. Like they beat Texas A and M, and then they lose to South Carolina, and they lose to Florida at home, and then like. It's very hard. They blow Louisville out. I think they, it's they I, start out two and zero in the conference, and they lose to Tennessee. And it's like I think it's a combination of two things. One, the SEC is for real, which we've been talking mm-hmm, about, mm-hmm. and two, they are ranked three hundred and fifty one out of three hundred fifty one Division one schools in experience. They are the youngest team in the country, which is wild to think about. After I mean, that's wild. I know that they're always having freshmen and all that, but like yeah. to be officially the youngest team in the country is pretty ridiculous. Um, I mean, it's Calipari's youngest team. They they don't really have you know. I think they were hoping Knox would be like a twenty five a night type of guy. I think he's more of like a number two, number three, like a really really good uh, back not backup, but like a second you know tier scorer. Ta- yeah, I think he's a eventually turn he, into something. Yes, he's I agree. Built to be a very good NBA player, but it's like. You can't ask for. They've had so many guys that just made immediate impact. Yeah, yep. that you can't. It's not expect, fair. You can't expect it. Like you no. can't absolutely. Like Sasha Kalea Jones was a kid. He was like a McDonald's All American, top twenty five kid, and now he's like a sophomore and his season high for the season's like eight points. So you can't just expect that Sasha Kalea Jones is going to be like Malik Monk. Like you, you just can't. Nope. Every kid's a different kid. Um, so it's it's interesting to see uh, Kentucky. Everyone's saying now like the hot the hot buzz is. Um, Kentucky is on the uh, is Kentucky's on the bubble. Um, I mean, <laughs> they'll be fine though. They'll they, they have a tough I mean, schedule coming they, up. They, but like, yeah, shit, maybe they tough, won't be. But like, I, mean, I guess that's probably why people are saying it. But um, they also have chances for for marquee wins. So I think at the end of the day, I think Kentucky gets in. I think they get in as like an eight or a nine seed. But like. And who knows? They had they were an eight or nine. They were, they were like a, couple the eight ago, a couple years ago, and, and they, they went to the State. and they yeah. went to the national championship against UConn. It's, it's like my worst nightmare. It's crazy. But, um, um, yeah, it's Kentucky. Yeah. Um, moving so, on. What what do we got? Um, oh, actually, one more thing. We're we're this this is where the podcast may end. Uh, UVA plays Duke on Saturday, and the loser will take a photo. In the opposite team's oh, jersey. Boy. This is live. This, this is, all is live. Yep. Live. No one, no one uh, knew about this. Okay, Ian didn't know about this. Uh, so the loser is that fair? The loser no, will totally lo- wear the other team's jersey, take a picture, and put it on, on the gram Twitter. or gram? Twitter. Gram no, no, Twitter. on the green light gram. On the oh, green light. <laughs> With our fourteen oh, followers. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then maybe like a personal gram story. That's fair. That's cool. No, that's yeah. fine. That's so fine two enough. o'clock, you know where we'll what be. Are your, what are your thoughts going into it? 
are you confident in – obviously you're playing in Durham. And so I don't know. Like the line – let's see what like Ken oh, Palm has. Man. I'm Ken, confident because it's home. That's the only reason. Ken Palm right now has a projection. Actually, yeah, they have the projection 69-67 uh, Duke, um, which I think is fair. I, I don't know. I think the only thing that the trump card is obviously Bagley. I don't think anyone can stop him. But you guys struggle to score. Duke struggles to defend. It's like a perfect blend of just an ugly game. I think if you watch Virginia and you know Tony Bennett, they post double as much and yep. probably as well as anybody in the country. Yep. And so I Their think rotations are the insane. biggest thing is obviously when they do double, obviously they're playing Wendell Carter and Bagley a lot together. Yep. Whoever's dropping is going to have to play big time. Like if Devin Hall, it has to be the second high, pass. Exactly, you know what I'm saying. Drop, and then if they're spraying it wide to Gary Trent, Trent's hitting them. If Grayson's hitting them, it's probably a wrap. So that's. I wish. I wish we got a home and home. I wish it was in one in Charlottesville, one in Duke, so you could see this matchup because it's two versus four. And the weird yeah, thing, out, the one time, uh, everyone asked me the other day, said, why isn't this game, why didn't they get college game day? It's two, a top five matchup. Oh, yeah, where are they going? It's because it's on, they're going to West Virginia, Kentucky. Oh, but it's because right. this is the one game that's that Virginia plays the entire season that's not on the ESPN family of networks. It's on CBS at 2 o'clock. Uh, so it's a CBS right, game at 2. That's why we... Um, they don't get college game day. Obviously, I, I could care less. Um, but... Uh, we will we will be tuned in. Um, I just hope Kyle Guy can get hot and I don't. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, but we'll see how this bet looks. Uh, but without further ado, we are going to be joined by the Siena men's basketball coach Abe Woldeslassi. Abe. All right, we are now joined by Siena men's basketball coach Abe Woldeslassi. I've known you for four to five years, and that is the first time. I've said your last name. Abe, welcome to the show. Dude, you knocked it out of the park. I was, I was worried. Once, once you got to Abe, I was like, I don't know where he's going with this. But can I, good. Can I tell you the pretty good. I've got friends I've known for like 15 years that still can't say it. So. Let's be That's real for a good. second. Paul, Paul I, did I, have to get some help. Can I tell you the truth? Can I, can I be real, son? Can I be real one time? Yeah, please do. I had, to, I had to call our boy Jimmy Corms. And I had to ask him, how do you pronounce Abe's name? He picked up. He was like, yo, let me call you back. I'm doing a workout. I was like, dude, this is going to take one second. How do you pronounce Abe's last name? I was like, okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> but uh, Abe, welcome shout to the Shout out to Young Corms. Shout out to Young Corms, baby. Stay out of that coffin corner. Big time. <laughs> very, very important. Um, hey, man, listen, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, we're going to jump right in. Why don't you, uh, you know, tell the one person listening to this podcast who doesn't know who you are, uh, who the young Abe is. <laughs> young Abe. Oh man. Um, yeah, this Abe Woldis last year, second year as an assistant at Siena. Uh, very grateful to be here. Um, originally from Minnesota, born and raised in Minneapolis. Tough morning for, uh, all of us Minnesotans. <laughs> yep. We'll get into that later, but um, Minnesota's home. I've been coaching for a few years now, a few different stops, but uh, very, very grateful to be at Siena. Where uh, where were you at before Siena? Obviously, I know. Yep, yeah. So before Siena, I was the director of ops at Davidson College in North Carolina. was there for uh, three seasons, three great years. Um, went to one NCAA tournament, two NITs. We were in the Southern Conference my first year there, and then we moved to the A-10 and won the A-10 in our first year. Amazing, amazing season. A great experience for all of us. And then uh, second year, or the third year there, but second year in the A-10, we uh, went to the NIT. 
but just an uh, amazing experience. Great people down there. I miss the weather, great food, um, just a, a really nice place to live. What um, we'll, we'll kind of get into, you know, your the, the come up and how hard it is a little bit, but this is kind of going the opposite way. Talk about Coach McKillop. Like, I, and we're actually looking it up right now because I don't know, but he's been at Davidson since 1989. Since there you go. Since I was born, um, which is a ridiculous thing. Like people, a lot of people. First of all, he was born in Queens, New York. That's awesome. Um, yep. Shout out I mean, to Queens. Shout out to Queens. We're I'll, recording the pod from. Yeah, we actually life. are recording the podcast in Queens. So what's up? Um, I think people, most people know, a lot of people know how good of a coach he is, but he is consistently like an under the radar guy because he's at Davidson. Obviously Curry helps, um, with all of that stuff, but like, you know, you worked for him for a couple years. Is there a reason or can you give a reason why he didn't make, I'm not going to say the jump cause he's better than most coaches that are coaching i guess at a at a higher level yeah. that you would say yeah. but like was there a particular reason he wanted to stay you know i, I don't know talk a little bit about that yeah, yeah you know I, I think first off you know he, he's just an amazing teacher i mean probably the the best teacher i've ever been around um you know you know a lot of people say don't mess with happy and i think yeah. what he has at davidson i mean he, he's taking it from a you know a lot of people don't realize there's only 1800 students there yep. and so it's a small school uh you know by far the smallest of the a10 and he took a school that was in the southern conference and, and had dominated the league for so long and rather than leave which he had multiple opportunities to leave and, and go to a you know a, a power five school he decided to just kind of make where he was the big time, right? So he moved up to the A-10, and they've had great success there. I think they're 5-1 and one down the league, just had a big one over St. Bonaventure. And, you know, he's – you know, I, I don't – there's 351 Division One schools. I bet you he's one of maybe two or three coaches that live across the street from the school. Wow. So he – you yep. know, so he's able to walk to home games. He has uh, three kids. All three graduate from Davidson. It, like I said, it's a – Beautiful community, really nice people. They're obsessed with basketball there. And uh, again, I just think he thought, you know, why mess with Happy? You know, he had he was winning, and it's an amazing school. And I, I just I don't necessarily think Bigger's better, and I think that that's why he stayed. But but uh, great success. You know, couldn't learn from a better coach, and you know, very lucky to have been there for three years. Definitely, definitely. I know exactly where you're coming from. I I visit. I remember visiting Davidson out of high school, and obviously right there on Lake Norman. Small environment. I remember there was like, I remember the, my tour guide telling me it was the only school they did all the laundry service. Oh my! For I'm you so happy campus. you brought that up. That's you know it's funny that so my first year there they had the laundry service and then they ended up because you know they were spending a, a lot of money on it and so they ended up kind of allocating that money elsewhere wow. and so they weren't doing laundry anymore. So it was kind of like this big uproar, like because that was like one of the big selling points. But, uh, seriously, um, man, I I I would put all your clothes in a green bag zip it up <laughs> drop it off the laundromat and then like two days later it was like washed and folded i mean yeah. it was like so you could literally go all throughout college and never have done your own laundry it's amazing so, um, let me tell you something davidson is preparing kids for the future you know what i mean i tell you what they're really thinking about it man i'm happy but, <laughs> so now, now they no longer have that you can, i think the laundry's still free but they got to do it themselves so yeah. that, that's uh, uh these poor on my, kids on my visit i met kids. steph and i learned about the laundry service and i think the laundry service was what stuck with me more than even meeting <laughs> Steph. but 
but moving a little bit backwards even before that, um, obviously when I looked at your bio and, and obviously your pit stops, um, you know, you spent some time uh, with, with Impact Basketball and, and doing some, uh, some player development. Um, obviously something that's, that's huge in the game now and it's even becoming more widespread across the country. Explain what that experience was like and kind of how that um, helped prepare you for, for your, uh, your later stops and, and where you are now. Yeah, so I graduated from McAllister College on a Saturday, and that Tuesday I flew out to Vegas. I was an intern for the summer at Impact Basketball. Uh, my uncle was living out there, so you know I had a place to stay. And you know, unpaid internship, long twelve-hour days, six days a week. Uh, but for you know, for me, I thought it was a great opportunity to learn from um, a great teacher and, and Joe Bunisar, who uh, founded Impact. He actually founded IMG Basketball Academy in Florida, yep. and then moved it. Uh, I was to Vegas and started his own thing called Impact, but uh, amazing place to be, you know, in Vegas, especially in the summertime, as you guys know, with the NBA Summer League and uh, a lot of the AAU tournaments that are out there and then a lot of the NBA players that would come train the facility. So you're just exposed to, you know, some of the best basketball minds in the world and the best players. And so just to be around that for a summer uh, was you know, just very lucky for that and was able to turn that into being an assistant coach there. They were, it was actually a great time. They were starting a prep program in uh, August of 20 or 2008. And so I graduated, was an intern that whole summer and then, you know, was hired as an assistant. So uh, just good timing. And, and again, just a, a really, really good place to be. Yeah, man, that's uh, Vegas isn't bad for the first place out of college at all. No, you didn't uh, have any. You I didn't have any from money. Minnesota, you know, to uh, to Vegas, it was it was good. It was, you know, it was interesting at the time. In Vegas, two thousand eight. There was, you know, the, the housing market crash, and it, it was kind of, uh, you know, there are a lot of people moving in and out of the city, and the economy is a little down. But uh, again, just just the basketball and the basketball minds that were there, and connections you could make. It, it, there was no. I don't think there was a better place in the world than, than Vegas in the summertime to to meet with you know other coaches and general managers and agents and and all that stuff. So yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so one thing we brought up uh, when Adam Finkelstein was on the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago was, especially in the Northeast, um, the transition from kids attending you know four years of normal high school to either going early to a prep school and maybe doing two years or doing a PG at a prep school. Um, what are your thoughts on how it's affecting? I mean, is it is it better? Is it worse? Does it not matter? You know, Finkelstein kind of had it in his opinion of it's just where we're at. For better or for worse, it's where we're at. I certainly don't think it's a bad thing. I just think that there are certain kids that just have no business doing it that sometimes do it and then just end up at like Brewster for, and they're paying money for no reason. Um, yeah, you're right, you're right. You know, growing up in Minnesota, like we, there was no thing as prep school. I mean, I, I really had no idea of it until, you know, I, I was out in the Northeast. But uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's just kind of where, where things are. And I, I think it depends on the kid. You know, there, there are kids that maybe just need another year of development physically or, you know, academically, or, you know, maybe they got injured and they just, the PG year is going to help them. Um, I do think there are some kids that choose that route that it's probably not the best route for them. But I think the important thing is, you know, hopefully these coaches, the prep school coaches, and, uh, you know, even the AU coaches are, are honest with the kids. And if a kid has a chance to, you know, be a scholarship player, whether that's Division One or Division Two, then yeah, I think it makes sense. Um, but I do think there are a lot of kids that it's probably not not the best decision, and you know, should should 
go through high school for four years and then and then probably move on. Yeah, no doubt. What, um, from your opinion, now as a Division One assistant coach, do you guys put uh, kids at prep school above high school kids as far as where you think they are athletically or, or talent-wise? I mean, you know, a lot of the times they get to a prep school and they're 18, 19 years old, and by the time they get to you, they're, you know, they're full-grown men ready to hoop. Um, is that something yeah. that, especially being in, you know, the Northeast kind of corridor, is that something you guys put heavy emphasis on? Yeah, you know, I, I think we just kind of look for the best kids and the best players, you know, we can get. Um, you know, at Siena, we really don't do much in terms of recruiting the junior colleges. And then, you know, we don't get grad transfers, which you're seeing a lot of other schools able to do because we only have one grad program. But, yeah, you know, I think our roster is a mix. I think we have probably three or four prep school kids and the rest are kids straight out of the high school. Um, I don't get caught up in, well, he's a prep school kid, like, or is he not? Again, it's just finding best kids and guys that fit the way you want to play, and um, that, that, that's got to be number one. So. No, that that makes uh, that makes total sense. And, and taking it back a little bit to um, obviously you mentioned being from from Minnesota, something we've been talking about um, off and on, kind of casually. That I think a lot of people might not even realize is the absolute talent that's been coming out of the state of Minnesota. When you look at, I mean, all the way going back, starting with with Tyus Jones going to Duke, with J.P. Makura, um, Amir Coffey, Jericho Sims. I know. Um, Trey Jones obviously going to Duke next year. Matthew Hurts, I think the fifth-ranked recruit yeah. in the country for the yeah. year after. It, it just goes on and on, and I think a lot of people don't realize um, that Minnesota is stacked the way it is. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, from from obviously growing up there and from uh, from having your roots there and how it's kind of taken off. So, so guys, how, how, how much time do we have? I, <laughs> no, I, I we got all the time on, in the world, my man. I can go on for about three hours on this. Uh, some of you know, guys on our staff and guys I worked with before – are probably sick and tired of me talking about this, but um, no, I, I think Minnesota's the most um, under-recruited state in the country. Um, you know, I, I think when you think of Minnesota, a lot of people think of hockey, right? Like when you think of football, yeah. you think of Texas. When you think of basketball, you kind of think of Indiana and Kentucky. Uh, and then when you think of hockey, a lot of people think of Minnesota. And I think that that narrative is so, sort of switched. And I'm going to ask you guys a quick trivia question. I'm going to put you on go. the spot. First trivia question shows. of the podcast. I love it. First trivia question. So, there are only five states in the country, five states in the U- United States, that have one Division One men's basketball program. Name those five states. Hawaii. Hawaii's one. Vermont. Vermont's two. New Hampshire. No, New Hampshire has two. Yeah. Who's UNH and who? Uh, Dormit, come on! Ah, wow, that's come embarrassing on. that I did this with you. Damn. Um, <laughs> We're coming back to that. We're coming back. We to should that. come back. All right, so Sorry, wait, what, you, we, wait, we got you two. Said, you said Hawaii and Vermont, right? Hawaii and Vermont. Um, you got three left, and you know I'm asking because of one reason. So you probably know the next one. Minnesota's the one. Oh, Minnesota! Yes, one. Billy. Billy says that all the time, man. Minnesota, and then there's two more. Nevada? No, no. Oh, UNLV. Shit, that was uh, dumb. Ah, interesting. New Mexico? No. No. Del- Delaware? Delaware. No, Delaware has two. A lot of them are like Delaware, Delaware State, North Dakota. Yeah, ah, State, crap. Right? Right. You can't forget the states. There's two more. Montana, mm. Montana State? Is that a thing? I'm just saying. Yeah. Yep. Damn. 
Uh, you want me to tell you? Go for yeah, it. Go. I need it. So, okay. So, you got Hawaii, Vermont, Minnesota. That's pretty good. That's three. Uh, Wyoming is four. Oh, oh Matt Wyoming. And our first, <laughs> our first guest, Wyoming. Matt Wyoming. <laughs> Damn Wyoming it. is four. And then Maine is five. Oh, Maine. my. We were right there. Why didn't I just go up? I went left. Oh, oh, man. man. I know. So, so, Alaska has zero. So, Alaska doesn't count. So, here, we'll bring it back. So, there's five states, right? So, now, if you're at Hawaii, Vermont, Wyoming, or Maine, you know, you, you kind of have to recruit out state. You probably just yeah. can't recruit in state. But if you're at Minnesota, if you get the best kids in state to stay, what, you know, which they've actually done a very good job. I'm, I'm excited. You know, I know they've had a couple of injuries and, uh, you know, some off the court stuff, but they're they're doing great things and they're they're starting to keep guys in state. But like, you know, a lot of these guys are going to like Wisconsin or like you said, J.P. McCurrett Xavier and Jericho Sims and. Uh, you know, there's a lot more. Even when I was growing up, Troy Bell at Boston College. Troy Bell was like yeah. my hero as a kid. And uh, he was another guy, you know, Khalid Alamine went to UConn. Oh, man. Uh, you know, which is – and there, there's a lot more too. But, um, yeah, it's been fun to see. It, it's been it's been really fun to see. And I think, you know, even I graduated high school in 2004, which, which seems like years ago. Well, it is years ago now. Mm-hmm. It's what, 14 years? Um, That's scary, bro. Wow. Which is scary. It is scary. It is scary. Um, it's actually my 10 year college anniversary this summer. Oh my is, God. It's pretty scary, but um, <laughs> that's life. So, but no, again, a lot of great Minnesota kids. And, you know, it, it's been fun to see kind of where they go. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very pro Minnesota. Yep, that makes sense. How uh, how do you guys at Siena break down recruiting? Um, and and it's different at, at every college almost. But do you guys get uh, you know? Does Coach Patsos give you a region? Do you recruit uh, through your relationships and where you've been? Um, do you guys break it up by class? You know, how do you guys do it? Yeah, you know, we, we just we try to work as a team. You know, with Jimmy and and uh, Greg Manning, who's our top assistant, and Jordan Watson, and then Pete Durs, our ops guy. So you know, we're all obviously from all over greg's kind of from maryland area in georgia jordan's from illinois peter ops guy you know is from new york um kind of upstate i'm from minnesota so yeah you recruit where you know for sure and then you know we just bounce ideas off each other and um we, we do a lot in the northeast just because that's where we are and then you know jimmy was an assistant at maryland for 13 years and then head coach at loyal in baltimore for nine so you know a lot of connections in the dmv area uh, and then Canada too. You know, we're we're only three hours from Montreal, six hours from Toronto. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say those are kind of our, our main regions. All right, cool. Um, all right, last one we got for you. Um, kind of want to just ask you about the season. Obviously, not going as uh, you guys would like it, but as we uh, discussed earlier, you guys are the fifth youngest team in the country, uh, which is not always a great stat unless you're at Duke or Kentucky, like one of those guys. Um, yeah. So how how hard is it coaching a bunch of freshmen and sophomores? Uh, trying to get wins against, you know, seniors, juniors. Um, you know, talk a little bit about the year, where you guys are at, how your recruiting class is going. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's, um, you know, right now we, we've lost some close games. And, uh, again, like you said, you know, we're starting three freshmen, a sophomore and a junior. And, you know, we, we've had these close games where it's – I think the hardest part is getting them to understand just how hard they've got to play every possession, right, where that's – there are certain ways, you know, you could drive to the basket in high school and finish that you can't in college or coming off screens in high school you can't in college or fighting through screens and talking on D and just, just all these little things that, 
in these close games, you know, start to add up. And, you know, we, we've shown flashes. Um, and, and I think the efforts there and I think the um, we're definitely trying. It's just, yeah. again, the execution isn't always there. But um, the, the chemistry strong and, and the guys are fighting. And uh, I, I do think brighter days are ahead. We just got to we got to plow through some of these um, these close losses. But uh, but they'll get there. They'll get there. They're working very coachable, uh, all, you know, happy to be at Siena and, and enjoying the experience. We just, uh, you know, like you said, when you're one of the youngest teams in the country, sometimes you gotta, you gotta learn the hard way, but, uh, I think we'll get there. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you, you alluded to it, but it, I've, I've certainly been a part of teams where you're getting your ass kicked, which you guys aren't. Now we're looking at your, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like Memphis by four and Quinnipiac by one and Iona by two. I mean, you guys are getting, I mean, it's tough. Um, so you're certainly not getting crushed every game. And then the other part is if you're coaching, uh, you know, a bunch of assholes or guys that don't want to be there, it's, it makes, then, then the season is brutal. But I mean, exactly. you know what I mean? You guys, you guys got a, a good nucleus of guys. Um, so that's, that that makes everything so much easier. Yeah, I mean, and, not yeah. that it's easy, but <laughs> much much yeah, easier. Yeah, and, and I, I'm looking out. I mean, you guys have a obviously a, a home win against Canisius, who that's their only loss in the conference. They're seven yeah, and one, huge win, seven and one in the conference. Exactly. That's that's a huge building block. I feel like to, to especially with young players. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that yeah, they're I think they're seven and one now. And um, like I said, it's been fun, and it's just a part of a young team trying to find its way. But again, with, with three freshman starters and we have another freshman off the bench who was playing a good amount of minutes. Uh, I think the future is bright and ho- hopefully it's sooner rather than later, but um, love coaching them. You know, they're excited to be here. And, you know, I think uh, as the season was, you know, I think we have what, maybe 10 games left in the conference tournament. So um, hopefully we'll, we'll be clicking at the right time. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, uh, listen, man, I appreciate you coming on. You know, we wish you the best of luck in, uh, you know, the rest of the season. Um, hopefully we can uh, maybe get up there and catch a game. Who knows? When, when are you guys coming? When are you guys coming to Albany? I, have, I haven't been you to Siena. I know. I haven't been to Siena since I worked uh, basketball camp. And uh, it was Fran McCaffrey. And he ran on the floor in the championship game and yelled at me for not uh, calling a foul uh, as his son drove to the basket. So uh, haven't been a Fran fan since. Um, but anyway, now I'm going on. We, we, we can change for Sienna. We're pro yeah, Sienna. Now, now I'm a Sienna guy, you know, because you're there. Sienna. Come on up. We're but I digress. You got a place to stay, transportation, <laughs> tickets. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. You let me know. All right, man, I will. Hey, listen, I appreciate it again, and uh, good luck the rest of the way, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Abe. Thanks, fellas. See, See you, guys. Bye. All right, we want to thank Abe uh, for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it, man. That was great. Good catching up. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. Uh, for us, you know where to find us on Saturday at 2 o'clock. We will be uh, drinking a couple beers, watching Duke versus Virginia. Until then... Keep the green light. I don't, I, we need a phrase or we something. Do. I like, know, right? You got to keep, yeah, keep, keep the ball bouncing. That's what I've been saying. I know. Either, I know. Keep the ball bouncing, man. Until and, then, uh, give us. Hey, keep keep an eye out for us. Another green light player of the week. We haven't done it in a couple I know, weeks. We have not. Um, obviously, if you've seen someone that's absolutely lighting up, let us know. Hit us up on on Instagram. It's the Green Light Pod. Twitter is green light, the Green Light Pod One. one. Um, 
Gmail, the green light podcast at gmail.com. Send us some ideas. Um, anyone you want to hear us interview on the podcast. Shout out to uh, Taylor Evans, Evan Gold, and Kevin Tarka for all actually sending in the hangover for the movie from last episode. We don't have shirts. Uh, yet. Yet. We, we need a, if you know a shirt guy, send him my way. We will. And uh, <laughs> we will be back at you guys next week. Um, with another episode, but until then, deuces, deuces. Lately I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you're working for. Certain doors were closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pull, slush, rustles up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.